and we're live. Hey guys, this is Toya, and I'm so excited. My dear brother Zoe is with us today, and the conversation is all about cost versus value. What does value, or what does value, or what does it mean to invest in value? Are you investing in value? Zoe's going to talk about it, and we're excited about the conversation. Hi, and welcome to Soul Hello, hello, everybody. So y'all mean to tell me I was muted? What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up? Who was muted? You had was I muted? Could you hear me beginning as I as I fumbled through the beginning because I didn't know what the topic was? Okay. Yes, we heard all that. Yes, we heard. Hi, I'm Toya, guys. I'm Janet. And I'm Nikia. And I'm Zopia. And we have our beautiful brother, Zoe. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> isn't, isn't so giving a little Chadwick Boss, Bozeman, Bozeman, I can say his last name. Bozeman. Bozeman. I mean, the brother is so fine, ain't he? And Debonair. Thank you so Zoe. much. You're welcome. You're welcome. You welcome. Lord rest Janet, you just, you just met him. You already hitting on him, sis. Come on. <laughs> She is not hitting on him. There's nothing wrong with saying a man is attractive and that being all over him. There's nothing wrong with that. She said it 20 times already, Nikia. I got four eyes. I seize a lot. And I'm just (laughs) investing in the value. There we go. There we We go. There you go. Okay, (laughs) let's start with me. What you ladies working on? I will go first. I am preparing to be on a speaker panel. So I am driving home from getting my hair done. Um, Today was a lot of um, grunt work, so to say. I had to figure out some things for a client and meet with my boss at work. So it's just been busy. Ooh, can you say grunt work? Oh my Mm. gosh. Uh, So for me today, I have been, um, I had a live presentation with, um, it's a project me and Toya um, Toya allowed me to collaborate on and y'all know I am very anal about making sure things are right so I got a little frustrated because I am such a perfectionist however it all turned out good in the end so that was that I'm also working on a fruit proposals for some potential clients and then in addition to that I am doing some process of some paperwork some filing and putting up some files so the hands and the brain have been busy, but not too busy not to find out about the co- the value and cost. Yeah, I'm ready for, I'm ready to, <laughs> for this whole conversation. Nice. So I don't know. I feel like Janet, we we produced a show today. That is what we did. We produced a show. Um, we use Zoom and we live streamed into a, a really cool interactive platform. And guys, Mercury is a retrograde, so stuff is gonna happen, and we just gotta keep it moving. And that's exactly what we did. And everyone loved it. The client loved it. We have a couple more days of the event, and so I'm excited. So thank you, Janet, for working on this with me. What about you, Zoe? Um, well. I'm working uh, on marketing, actually. I just got off a call with uh, with a company, with a young man who 
is looking to expand the uh, my reach online, nice. for, really for my black businesses. Uh, and so I'm working on the business, not necessarily for the business just yet. I still have some client work I want to get done today, but primarily today is marketing. Very, very good. Nice, nice. And guys out there, we would love to know what you're working on. So please share that with us in the chat. Ooh, yeah. So everybody's been busy today. Mm-hmm. It's been Ooh. a really busy day. Is this Monday? Man. No, it's no, Tuesday. It's Monday B, part B. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. I like that. Monday part B, yeah. Mm-hmm. But it'd be five o'clock soon, so it's drinking time. Well, <laughs> if you want to. And it's Taco <laughs> Tuesday. So That's it's true. Taco Tuesday. That, that means margaritas, our tequilas, our shots, liquor. It's something. It's something. It's something. It's something yes. we invest in. Yeah. Okay. Nice. So <laughs> again, today's topic is cost versus value. What does it mean to invest in value? We're so grateful that Zoe took time out of his busy Monday B to come talk to us today. <laughs> so go ahead, Zoe, go ahead and introduce yourself. Let's get started. Well, hello, everybody. Um, officially, my name is Zopia Olumase. Uh, my friends and you all do call me Zoe. Um, I am the owner and CEO of Illumise Accounting and Consulting, in which we focus on transforming your business um, from the inside out through financial management, successful tax, tax seasons, and then doing the fun stuff, business and tax strategy. So, um, yeah, today, without further ado, we're just going to talk about um, value and related to cost. Um, This is a thing that I think that this is a topic I think that business owners everywhere may uh, have, may struggle with, right? Especially as you're a small business owner and you're trying to grow your company, um, you kind of, it's kind of difficult to figure out when and where to actually spend your dollars, right? Especially when new opportunities present themselves to you all the time, especially in in new systems or marketing efforts and um, even employees and contractors and things like that. So I thought it was an important topic to talk about um, so that we are actually growing and not just talking about growing. Right. Um, this is a, I can't see anybody. Am I just talking to myself? No, no, no. <laughs> okay, cool, cool. <laughs> yeah, I wanted it to be a candid conversation, asking questions nice. as we go. So I, I need to be able to see you all. Okay, so of course, no my, my, my first thing is in the aspect of business, what would be your definition of invest? And what would be value? Because they're, they they have their own definition in um, in ro- correlation with other things. But mm-hmm. we are speaking specifically about business here. So how would you say what would be invest and what would be in value? And how would that apply to our businesses? All right. So, Janet, I'm going to throw in one more word to, to define thoroughly so that we understand that. I'm going to say cost. Okay. Okay. I'm ready to right. catch because, you know, like in football, you got to be able to catch it. Yeah, I'm ready. I'm ready. Absolutely. So, cost. So, we're going to first, when I think about value, how I define that really is any, you, we all understand it. It's like the fair return for goods and services, the fair exchange of those things. Value in my eyes is when the price of that thing that is offered is actually below 
No, it's actually less than the good or service that's actually offered. So it's valuable to you if you pay for it, but what it gives you in return is greater than actually the cost. Right. Okay. Then, we can relate. We can relate that to our small businesses in that we provide value to our clients. Yes, correct. And so that's kind of where the premise of the of, of the title is, right? Cost is the direct inversion of that. When the spent expense that you make is actually greater than the value that is returned to you, and that's why we say, uh, and that's why we say it's a cost. Right. It's even a mental thing. Whenever something is not giving you what you hope it for, you, you call it, you say it's a cost to you. You identify it as an expense. But then when something is like beneficial to you and is bringing you more than you're paying for you, the, the business owners more quickly and more easily will more easily identify as an investment. And that's where that word is that you want us to define. That investment is understanding that I'm putting in money into here because I expect it to bring me something in return. It is a valuable investment if my return is greater than my cost. It is a costly investment if my costs are greater than my return. Does that make sense? Sure, that makes great sense. So when when as a small business owner and when we when we are thinking about our businesses, yeah. we should think from the standpoint that the things that we're investing in our business enhances us, which enhances our value to give to the customers to return. So it's like one kind of quantifies the other, would you think? Yeah, yeah. And I would agree. And that's kind of the, the whole idea of the topic, right? Is the fact that you got to understand that your business is always investing. It's very it's starkly different to you who, who spends on a personal level. Right. And that's where the business owner may find some struggle or tension. They think of the business expenses or spending as a business like they spend on themselves. Typically, when you spend on yourself, you you never you're not really looking for the return. The return shows up and it shows itself in like in the form of satisfaction, maybe some sweets, nice food, a good time. But the business doesn't just spend frivolously like that. Not that you're spending it frivolous, but the business is spending at all times with the intention of investing, of getting getting that return. And so when you spend when you spend on a new software or when you spend on marketing or when you spend on a, a customer or even when you buy a client some meals, your intention is always to is, is always to receive some type of return, eventual or immediate. Um, and that is really what separates you and your business. And that's really why I say that businesses are always investing. Every expense ought to be an investment by the business. Okay, okay, that's that's great food yeah. for thought. And it, would you say that some investments take priority over others depending upon the business? So yeah, we yeah. are virtual professionals. Our our priority may be with investing is one um marketing because we have to market for yeah. clients um some people believe in having a coach um mm -hmm. some people believe in having an establishment i mean many of us work from home mm -hmm. but you know for me for me particularly right now my investments is a good a good software well software when i mean by 
laptop and then I have to make sure that I have the best CRM mm -hmm. systems and mm -hmm. things to execute. Then my next investment uh, for me would be marketing. Mm -hmm. Then my next investment might be a coach. So would you say that the investments are particularly according to the business and they should line up in a priority that will make you exceed the value to give to your customers? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and there are some hard, um, hard things I would define as a pro I would put at the top of the list of that priority list. And you kind of mentioned those things, the very things that may help you to earn dollars now. That's how I see it. And that's how some some of you, even my mentors have mentioned it. What can you buy now that helps you to get earn income now? Now, they're, depending on what your what your business industry is and what your goals are, that may not be the best, that may not be the most priority um, item to purchase, like those physical items. You may need a coach at the beginning because your business is so highly technical or so, mm -hmm. right? So I spent how many years going to school and getting my CPA. At that time, I wasn't technically in business making any money, but um, I wouldn't trade that time for, you know, purchasing a, a CRM in, in, um, mm -hmm. in, that, in that way, if, you, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, so it's going to be it's going to be business owner specific about where where you put your dollars in first. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're kind of set with the educational piece and all that, I think that the, the biggest, the most priority thing that you can buy are those things that directly help you provide the actual service that you're going to provide to your clients. OK, so would you say that? Oh, I'm sorry, Nikia, go ahead. I was going to ask, um, most people, when they're trying to counsel you on business setup financially, uh -huh. they, they come up with this this pie and the percentage of this needs to go to taxes and yeah. this investments and this should go to this and this should go to that. Are you saying maybe we shouldn't go to traditional investments and we should invest in our services and the things that are going to make us money first? Well, if you're in business, right? So this is what how I like to see it. Like your, the success of your business is going to be based on like how you're able to manage the cash flow of the company, right? At the initial stage of the company, all the cash that the company has is your initial investment. So you have to figure out, okay, the initial investment is a finite number. So what am I going to do with this finite number to fulfill the purpose of the business, which is to generate revenue, get a profit? So I could use some of that to invest in my retirement and maybe use it for some personal things. However, it's probably better to figure out how can I multiply this initial investment so that the business becomes a little bit more sustainable. Um, and so, yes, so that pie chart, I'll probably just uh, I'll probably just prioritize those things that directly help me to to make money early on um, instead of just things that may not bring that return. And, and that's probably the, and this kind of, I, I actually want to use that to kind of segue into this, this, um, this story of one of my clients about affordability, mm -hmm. right? You have a, a limited amount of cash as, as your initial investment, but you're like, what do I actually spend it on? And can I actually afford anything? I had this one client um, who essentially was trying to figure out, can I afford another professional to help me do um, help me do uh, consulting services to help improve my business. In his mind, he was like, 
he was like, um, I don't think I can really afford it. I've never spent that much to, uh, let's say he's spending 500 in a month for, for this professional to service him. And he's like, I don't really know I can afford it. I don't really spend that much on, on hiring out or someone else to do some work. Um, and he was, and what I, what I asked him, I asked him first, can I just be real honest with you? And he said, he said, yeah, be honest with me. And I was saying, from my perspective, I think you can definitely afford it. Um, and then my next question to him was, how do you actually determine whether or not you can afford something? Mm -hmm. And he said, yeah, um, that's a good question. Um, well, I just think it's because, you know, I don't spend that much. Mm -hmm. And then I said, can I share with you how I determine whether or not I can afford something? And he said, OK. And from a business perspective, I explained to him the difference between spending that a business that that business always it's always investing when they spend when they spend and you and your personal side are not really expecting um, returns all the time and i said okay so this cost for this professional is going to cost you 500 a month right if we prorate that 500 to to the uh entire year you're essentially going to pay paying about six thousand a year mm -hmm. let's look at your bank account you have well over six figures in your bank account Right. You can actually pay for the, a, a professional to service you the entire year without even batting an eye right now. Secondly, here's your here's your financial statements that we put together on a monthly basis. You're bringing well over five hundred a month. You're actually bringing in about three to six thousand in a month. Mm -hmm. And it's like, OK, three to six thousand. You actually can pay that person. What? Uh, six times, six to ten times over mm -hmm. um, within one month to perform the service. And then the third piece is that this professional, their intention is to increase your revenue. So not only can you afford them currently right now, even for the entire rest of the year, but anything that they make you above the cost that they that you're incurring, that 6K a year is gonna be um, exponentially beneficial for you. What, you already can cover the 6,000 mm -hmm. in the whole year. So let's say now you have a measurable goal to determine whether or not their value is worth it. If by the, if in a year's time after you've hired them, they've brought you in $6,001, then that person, you can afford and that person that has brought you some value and hasn't been a cost to you. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Anybody have any questions? So would you say that um, in our pie chart of developing priority, we should probably do like um, maybe educational, operational, um, planning, marketing. Well, I guess marketing could fall into operational um, or maybe operational is more the mechanics. And then mm -hmm. would you suggest that we put together some type of pie chart in that retrospect in order for us to know what we should be investing in and what we should be preparing for as a business owner. Well, I, I don't know about a, well, I guess a pie chart could, could assist, mm -hmm. but a, a, a to-do list that is organized by priority or a list of things to purchase. Um, and for me, how I think about what is most valuable to purchase um, are really those things is operational. Um, sometimes I'll ask my clients, I'll say, my clients who have been in business or who are starting a company, I say, okay, 
Um, there's two ways you can do it. You can go and market and say, tell the whole world that you're able to offer a service, or you can prepare for the whole world to offer the whole world a service without um, actually telling the whole world. And so there's a there's a there's a, a happy medium between those two things, marketing and operations, right? If and so one of the questions I ask my consulting clients is that let's say tomorrow the entire world said that they wanted to come and um, and, and they wanted to purchase your service or your product. Could you accommodate for them? And oftentimes it's like, no, if 100 people came to me today, my infrastructure, the systems that I have running in place, um, I wouldn't be able to offer them the highest value of service that I can efficiently. And it go also goes the opposite way. Um, are, if you've built this full system of things to do and how to make a process and, um, and offer the best valuable service, but does anybody even know about it or know about you to even do so? So it really takes some sit. It takes some. Um, <clears throat> it just it just takes the business owner or a company manager to basically uh, to think about those two things um, and come up with the best list of priorities that make sense. Perhaps you have you've received a lot of funding at the early stages of your company, and so you don't actually have to. You're not strapped for cash early on. You might spend more time building the infrastructure and increasing the quality of the operations um, before you actually go to marketing. But perhaps you don't have that much um, money that has that that you use to start start the business. Then at that point, I would say, all right, buy the essentials: my computer, my desktop, and the software, and then begin marketing so that somebody can come to the door to help offset some of those costs that you you are incurring. Yes, most of us bootstrap. Yeah, yeah. And then when you bootstrap and that's where that pie chart comes into play, mm. you're like, okay, these are my, and this is what I like to do for my business and for other companies. I say, these are my essential costs, mm. my very, very essential costs. If I can't spend, if I can't pay for these, then I can't actually technically run my business efficiently. And so now that sets my target goal for the month. It says, mm. okay, my overhead costs are $600. All I had to do is make $600 this month and I could rest easy and say I'm still in business, right? So that gives you now um, a KPI, something to, to target. And then once you get your first client that actually pays you more than $600 and you are able to generate $1,000, now you're saying, okay, I got $400 of wiggle room. What am I going to do with that $400? Mm -hmm. I could take it out and go buy, <laughs> go for a nice little trip somewhere. Or you can say, all right, out of this 400, I'm, now I'm going to take some to marketing. I think I think I can handle maybe 10 more clients. So how about majority of that go to marketing so I can grab those clients? The next month, you might have made 1,000 more. And so, okay, okay, maybe I can maintain the same marketing budget that I did last month, but now use the rest of the discretionary funds and, and improve my processes. Okay, mm -hmm. now you've increased your, your your clientele and your processes. And now let's say now you have two thousand dollars of a discretionary fund. You might think it be, you might think, oh wow, okay, if I can bring in more clients, I have a system in place, um, I can really this business can really take off, but I need help. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, I only got two thousand. Can I actually afford somebody to help? Um, the misconception that I even fell to is the fact that you need to think that you, you think you have to hire somebody full time, essentially, mm -hmm. to be able to have some help in your business. 
And that's really where where the business owner may may um, have a misconception in mind that holds them back in a sense. So that 2000 of discretionary income, you can say, OK, if I hire somebody at 20, 25 dollars an, an hour, um, how much of that work of the work that I currently do, can they take over, which will free me up to actually do maybe some more marketing to increase the revenue? How much how much how much would their service actually there? I guess some bringing somebody on to take on a responsibility, how valuable that is. And then you might find that out of that 2000, you only paid that person 500 in a month. And so now you're like, okay, I've, I have less stress and less responsibility. Somebody else is managing it for me. And I also have now 1500 of, of excess money I can use. You almost can rinse and repeat that last three, those last three months or so um, until you start scaling. And then each time you bring an hourly employee, you start, you start um, building a company. And then when you start really bringing in some more work, now the hourly employee converts to a full-time or you find a full-time employee and boom. Great. Awesome. So I want to do the shout out and thank you again uh, for our viewers. we got some folks watching on YouTube and on Facebook. So thanks for joining us guys. Mm -hmm. If you have any questions for Zoe, please put them in the chat. As you can see, wealth of information. This young man mm -hmm. knows what he's talking about. Mm -hmm. So with that being said, so I like to understand people's backgrounds. Like you, you are very articulate. You know exactly what you're talking about. Where's this coming from? You know, tell us a little bit about your background <laughs> and why did you get got into it? what made you get into this type of work? Well, this is coming from um, experience. Um, so, so my uh, background is really isn't is an accounting, right? My undergrad, I, I studied undergrad accounting at North Carolina A&T for my undergrad, and then I got my master's in accounting at Michigan State University. Um, soon after that, I got a, I earned my CPA about two years after I started working, and I started my career working as a, as an auditor, public auditor um, with Deloitte. And so, really, where the product of what you're seeing is kind of it started back in 2016 uh, when I kind of had the strong um, desire to not be in corporate America for the rest of my life. Mm. I, uh, I realized that what I actually wanted out of life was to become an investor and not just a investor on the side, but a full-time investor. And so once that realization came to me in 2016, I began starting to take note of my, of, of everything around me. I had the unique opportunity of working with Deloitte, working with a lot of different companies, seeing their accounting, their accounting departments and how they function from the inside out. So I had a lot of insight into what makes them tick, what makes them run. And then it wasn't after I left Deloitte um, three years later um, that I got to work on in the private sector within a, within a private company and see, see the other side of things, like mm -hmm. how things actually work from the inside and not from the eyes of a of an auditor or an mm -hmm. external auditor. And so when I put those two things together, along with my desire to really be an investor, which I knew was going to be um, paved, that that journey was going to uh, is going to lead me to some entrepreneurial, you know, uh, milestone. In this case, it's an accounting company. Um, it kind of just it kind of just was like a, a what is it a, a perfect storm of things mm -hmm. my interest of being an investor my experience as an auditor my experience being in a company as a as their real estate accountant 
um, and me not really being satisfied with where I was. Um, and so I, I guess that's how it really is. And I think at the core of my co- uh, at the core of my nature, I'm kind of a learner. So I like to learn a lot of different things um, and implement them quickly. And so when I started learning how to build a company, it was like, oh, this makes sense. This piece goes to right here. This piece goes here. And then when I talk to other professionals uh, or the business owners who are doing wonderful things, I ask them, what's your secret? I add their sauce to my sauce and then we're just kind of, and then it's kind of just moving, moving along. And so I've been out here as an entrepreneur for this. This is my third year. Um, and Congrats. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you. It's been successful so far. I've been able to sustain myself um, and I'm, I'm further along my investment journey than um, I would have expected. Great, great. I'm not familiar with investing. Um, I know I need to. Um, I have a full 1K and that, that does well. I move things around in there, but I know that's not real investing. Do you own, are you your owner of Soulful? Yes, of course. You're investing. <laughs> You're investing. That's that's direct investing. You're investing in something to increase value and to bring a return to you. It's no different from Mm -hmm. if you weren't even in the office and you just said you gave them your money to run the company. It's just how you look at it. Cool. That's a good way of looking at it. It is. It is. And absolutely, it's an investment. So one thing that you said that I really liked is that... um, and, and these different corporations that you work worked in, you you learned, you looked and you learned. You didn't do like a lot of us just say, oh, I hate my job. I can't wait to get out. I'm going to quit as soon as I can so I can be an entrepreneur. You intuitive to know enough to know that you needed to learn and you were in an environment that you could learn. So I love that you did that. And to our viewers, I want you to uh, just take note because I can remember when I became a full-time entrepreneur, um, I wish I would have looked a little bit more into my, the companies I worked in, you know, and, and, mm-hmm. and found out how they exactly do what they do. My thing, though, was like, I don't, I'm so tired of corporate. I don't want to be part of corporate anymore. But yeah. now that I'm getting further along my business, I need all those strategies and all that the yeah. corporations are doing. I'm, I'm trying to learn them now. So, so that's good. Yeah, they can be really helpful where you, if you just look around where you're currently at in your circumstance. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, so corporate America gets a bad rap at times because we're entrepreneurs and we're like, oh, um, screw the man. We don't want to work for the man or so. But exactly. the man has been doing this for centuries, um, building companies. And so they have something they do. They're doing a lot of things right and correct. And there's a reason why they do some of those things. And so um, if anyone is kind of still in the in corporate America, working a job, and maybe started their business on the side or looking to go full time, my advice would be to take note of all the systems and processes that your current company does. Because believe it or not, a lot of processes and systems that one company uses is directly um, applicable to what you are doing or what other companies do. Right? Yeah. For example, uh, every company uses Gmail or mm-hmm. some email software or some CRM software to manage their clients. And so that's adaptable to any business. So you can just take note of what they do. Then also take note of who is actually there and what they do for, what role do they play for the overall um, functioning of that company mm-hmm. of where you're at. Um, the quicker you take note and the and you write it down and try to implement it, the faster you can leave. 
That's interesting because I do still work. I love my job. So, but I am learning and my job affords me the opportunity to learn different things that I take right. in my business. So I do appreciate that advice. Yeah. I appreciate that advice. As well as additional income to <laughs> that's, all right. that's, that's a source of that's income. The income. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Sure. That's how I'm bootstrapping. That's how I'm bootstrapping. Mm-hmm. So, Zoe, you're investing. Are you, uh, you, you mentioned real estate. You work with realtors or real estate folks? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that's how I'm bootstrapping, right? Through okay. investing, right? When I, when I was uh, working um, and I decided I wanted to be an investor, one of the very first things I did was extreme saving. I was saving like 90% of my check. Ooh, and then awesome. to, to I. That's a clap right there, bro. <laughs> Awesome. And then two, I was planning on um, buying a house, um, not just a house to stay in, but really a rental property, my first. And so within a year of working, I was able to purchase my first rental property, which I um, house hacked and rented out most of the rooms in my house while I stayed there. And so to this day, it's providing me some, it's providing me income and kind of paying for itself. And so it, it, when I started, um, when I started my journey as a, as a, with my accounting firm, it kind of, it afforded me, you know, that leeway, uh, or that subsidy to be able to afford my expenses. Right now, my goals weren't, how can I make my business? My goal wasn't, can my business make two, 3000 in a month in the first month of business? No, it was like, can my business make a couple hundred or so? Um, so it made all the worlds of difference. And now I'm actually on my second property and my first oh. property is, is a full rental. Um, and I own the second property with my wife. So we're trying to investing in real estate is definitely going to be a larger part of my portfolio. Um, and it will grow as this accounting company grows too. So I have a question. I have been hearing about cryptocurrency and all these mm-hmm. things. My daughter is in like some kind of club where they are trading. Yeah. Um, are those things fads or are those things um, something we should be paying attention to? Um, I would say it's definitely something you should be paying attention to. Um, even if you're not even invested into them directly, you want to pay attention to them because all of the big players in the nation are in the world actually paying attention to large companies, even the United States government. Um, they have they're they're building out um, policies and regulations around all of cryptocurrency, and even are and they are even considering making their own government cryptocurrency. It's still a little weird for me. Um, however, you know sometimes sometimes the best investments are those that you're not expecting to blow up. So I would say. Um, personally, I just threw in a little bit of money here and there that I have from it just to say I had my toe in it mm-hmm. so that when my grandchildren come, I wouldn't be the one saying I could have, I, know. <laughs> <laughs> I could have, cause you know, I hear those stories from people who could have invested in Apple and the internet and the bubble dot com bubble. Yeah. Um, I, I don't want to do that again. Yeah. I have a question uh, again. Um, those little softwares like Robin, I think it's called Robinhood, Robinhood yeah. or Acorn or something like that. Yeah. Um, are I those, use Acorn. Are those good to learn and invest or should we really find an investment planner that helps us? Well, um, it honestly depends on what you might be comfortable with, right? I would, I would probably think that 
um, the millennials and the younger generations are find it much easier to use like Robinhood and Acorn and those app-based um, investment platforms. Um, and then they and you may they may see like the Charles Schwab's and um, what are the other ones? Um, those other larger companies as a little bit intimidating. Even though, even though now you see those larger companies kind of doing the same, offering those convenient features that only those apps used to offer. Yeah. I remember in 2017, I think it was 2017, that's when I started on Robinhood before it became Robinhood, this magical app. Um, all of the, the all of the larger players in the in, from investment platforms, they weren't offering like um what is the commission-free trades and mm-hmm. things like that? Um, but Robinhood kind of pioneered that way, and so you're. It's I would say they're both the the newer apps, Robinhood, Webull, Acorn. They're becoming more robust where you can trust them. Certainly, you definitely can trust them for the most part, um, and they're inspiring the older, long-standing. Um, companies to innovate and become a little bit more um, malleable for the newer generation coming up. So I wouldn't, I, I say both, I use them all. So. Yeah. Yeah. We have Merrill Lynch, I think it's called. And yeah, constantly doing little webinars to teach us stuff mm-hmm. and send us newsletters and things like that to make it more personable. Yeah. So I, I appreciate that. Cause yeah. I, I want to go to Robin Hood. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, those ones definitely like Merrill Lynch likely has uh, what is it portfolio managers or people who can actually talk to you about how to do your investments. Robinhood, Webull, and all those are kind of you have to do it yourself. It's more like bare bones. You invest. You do the study. I don't think they really have like management. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, on the so, same um, conversation, because I was going to ask this question, how do you feel about the use of Cash App? Because, you know, some people use Cash App for their business, but then Cash App also has its own investment features. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that on, on that aspect of the investment features? So this one is it's. Huh. It, it can be. Uh, yeah. Right. yeah, go on and say it, it can be so, tricky. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it can be tricky. Why? Because Cash App, Venmo, um, even Zelle, so convenient, right? You send money, it just goes and you don't even have to really think about it, right? That convenience, um, that convenience puts, I think, puts business owners at risk sometimes. Um, from commingling a lot of their funds and not really being able to keep the appropriate records. Mm-hmm. Some people, and, and it also makes people, it incentivizes people to not really use a business version of those apps, mm-hmm. right? They say those apps, if you switch over to the business version, you're going to be paying processing fees. And some people are like, I don't need to pay processing fees. So I'm just going to stay on the personal version, mm-hmm. right? But those personal versions don't really connect to your business accounts, mm-hmm. which is where you need to be doing all of your business transactions, your bank accounts. Mm-hmm. Right. And so they're they're good and they can be good when you're when you're small. But once you start hitting those those high volume, high dollar amount transactions, 
you, your accounts are going to be flagged and you're mm -hmm. essentially going to be forced to convert over to a um, to a, a business account. It also doesn't make your accounting very beautiful in my eyes. It doesn't really connect to, you can't even, it doesn't even allow you to do like credit card payments and sending invoices. And at this stage of the game, those platforms kind of feel a little bit, I'm sorry to say unprofessional a bit. Thank you. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, that's all she needed to hear. That was unprofessional. <laughs> I do find it unprofessional. I went to get my tattoo and he was like, can you ask me the money? I'm like, yeah. Like, no. I only use, I use my cash at, um, for two things. Well, yeah, two things. Um, there's a, there's a client that I have that it's just easier for them to send it mm -hmm. to me into cash app. However, I put the notes in it, but then I then transfer it to my main hub of where my financial mm -hmm. resources come in. And then I use my cash app card when I go to business places and I'm yeah. I'm not like say if I'm I, I travel a lot with my clients. So if I go to eat, yeah. I use my cash app card as what we're gonna eat on buy me a cup of coffee, mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera. That way I don't have to use my true business banking card unless I'm making like a major purchase. I'm going to you know, Best Buy and I'm going to buy something or something yeah. like that. I use that for the, the food and the miscellaneous money. Yeah, you can certainly repurpose and use it up, um, how it fits, it fits best fits your, your business processes. Um, it's just that you just got to make sure you're keeping the right accounting. And like you said, as long as you're documenting and then you're converting to your accounting software, it should be, it, it is fine. It should be, it, it is fine. It just might be a little bit more manual effort on your part. Um, yeah. I agree with Zoe. It's going to, it's manual and you don't want to process large sums of money because you will be flagged. I've definitely mm -hmm. seen that. So, so I'm with you. We have a, a comment here from Perry. Does it, who knows Perry? Who I know Perry. Perry. Hey, Perry. Yeah, Thanks that's for my joining us code. today. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Very difficult to build portfolios with Robin Hood and Cash App. You can't monitor costs either. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that that makes sense because the larger the larger investment companies put more into giving you analysis. Mm -hmm. Their analysis are, are definitely much more detailed, and you can actually see the fees that you're doing. But Robinhood is very tries to be very simple, user friendly, basic. So. The learning curve is a definitely less, not as steep as those other ones, mm -hmm. but you can't really do as much complex investing as you can with the other ones. I have a question. Um, I know Robinhood allows you to buy a part of a stock. Is mm -hmm. that, as long as you're investing, is that the best way to go? Or is it more, more prudent to buy a whole piece of stock, if that makes sense? Um, I actually saw this feature starting to pop up on other platforms after I heard about it at Robinhood initially. I don't know if it was always a commercially a commercially offered option for investment platforms. Um, however, I would say that it fractional share investing is probably the best way to maintain the the uh, diversification of your portfolio of your portfolio, right? Um, why buy something? Why be forced to buy the full amount if you can just buy a portion based on portion and then manage what you can actually afford? Right. Um, 
it just helps you to maintain your the balance in your portfolio and i think is is much better that's cool all right, I'm gonna try to get a question in for Nakia. Ask another one. So, so Ooh, was that shade? Hello, <laughs> was that? I'm mean. I met that... him first. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was complimenting the brother, and you gonna come and come back with I met him first. All right, I see. We need a pie. <laughs> oh goodness. So, Zoe, um, thank you again. This has been just awesome, awesome information. So I'm interested in your, your young brother. You have a couple investment properties. My brother's the mm -hmm. same way. He bought like he bought five houses during the pandemic. And I just think that's amazing. Wow. Yeah. And so I wanted to know how in the world, because um, that's unheard of to, for me, how did you save 90% of your, mm -hmm. of your money? Like, how did you do that? How do kids, like, how do you, what, what do you recommend? You know, so people can get in that game like you did early on. Okay, so I'll give you one piece, One uh, how I did it. One is very unique to me and everybody can't fall in that same category. And then two is a strategy that I like to give to my coach, my financial coaching clients um, who may need some help just managing their, their funds. Um, the first piece is it started all the way back in high school. You know, uh, I got a scholarship to school by getting good grades and um, doing my best and by doing my best and then the Lord blessed me with a scholarship. Mm -hmm. So I, I graduated undergrad and graduate school without any student loans. So that kind of put me into a put that put me ahead. Ooh, in, I in can't with you. Yeah. That is amazing. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, praise God. So yeah, it put me ahead in a way that a lot of people aren't able to. Um, and so um, if your child is young and you are young and you're able to gain scholarships, get some scholarships to reduce your 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 debt uh, because that's going to put you further ahead than you can. It's going to allow you to do to chase after your goals much more readily than it would otherwise. Mm -hmm. um, the second thing is a strategy I came up with uh, when I was uh, interning during my internships over the the gap summers between summers when I was in college, I would essentially take my full check. Let's say it was a thousand in that. What were they paying us then? A thousand in the month or so. And I would say, okay, no, it, let's, say, let's say it was 800 or something during the two week period. I would say, all right, in that 800, what do I got to spend? Right, I got to eat. I got to live. And I gotta, I gotta bathe, essentially. So I, I said these are the critical things I gotta do, and then I said, all right, I'm setting my my biweekly budget to two hundred dollars, and I said, all right, I'm only gonna spend two hundred dollars on everything I need for two weeks, and so by the next two weeks that came by, I got my second paycheck of eight hundred, and then two hundred, and then and that two hundred budget I had. Um, I had I realized I only spent maybe a hundred dollars of it, and then I was like, okay, I got a hundred dollars that I saved. And you know, um, conventional thinking would say, all right, take that hundred and allow over and make it overflow to the next month. Mm -hmm. But I said, nah, I'm gonna reset my two hundred and just and then maybe give myself a hundred and get back to two hundred. Mm -hmm. And so now all of the money was going to savings, and I was only living off that two hundred. 
fast forward I the, through the summer I did that for what eight weeks in the summer living off of 200 every two weeks kind of or playing that game anything that I didn't spend outside of 200 was diverted right back into savings and then I added a goal at the end of the summer that I was going to go on a shopping spree of like a thousand dollars and so it it one two things happened there and helped me build the habits of living frugally on just a little bit and then two it allowed me to set a goal to attain um and so i started thinking of it as like a game and so when i got out out of school that mentality kind of carried itself forward um though there were a lot more expenses to pay for when you're out of school but when i had that that amount this is the amount i'm going to spend um, and if my amount started to go low, I would say, sorry, I can't go to that birthday dinner or sorry, I'm not going to that movies or, you know, you know, or sorry, I'm not going to buy, um, uh, you know, a snack on my way home today. Yeah. So I'm, trying to, I'm not trying to go below. So it was like a game. And then every time, every month or every pay period, you see your savings go up, you reset your your budget or so. You're like, OK, now and, and, and the less you spend, the more your savings go up. So now you're like, yeah, I don't, now now the game became super uh, extreme where the whole month or the whole week, I'm like, okay, I didn't spend, I spent $5 this week, which is unheard of, right? How do you only spend $5? Is you stay in your house and you enjoy what is free mm-hmm. <laughs> and then you use coupons and you get cash back rewards, mm-hmm. you spend other people's money and yeah, so that's how I did it. And it led to me buying a house. That's great. Congratulations. Yeah, my financial coach has so, said some things like that. Nice. So well, I guess I gotta go back to birth and put on campers and start my life all over again because <laughs> that was not my story. Okay. No, no, you ain't my story. No, you can start that. The strategy can happen at, at any point. It's just the same thing with the business. Hey. What are your what are your over, your overhead costs that you can't do away without? And then what are your variable costs? And those variable costs are the things that you can say, okay, if I just not don't do this, then my savings will increase like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you set yourself a goal and say, all right, I want to buy a house. And so now it's just a matter of you exercising some level of discipline, um, and then. Um, falling in love with the process or that game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I see. Falling in love with it, being excited about it. I'll think about yeah. that, Zoe. <laughs> I'm not gonna make any promises. And now you ask me something else, I might be able to promise. But that <laughs> I have to get over my seafood habit first. Well, you got to get over seafood, Jordash. Um, oh, Why I'm sorry. Her stuff online? Your hey, hey, hey! Don't you talk? Okay, okay. I know it's been. <laughs> Don't you talk. You got six That's kids. That's why I have a finance coach. Mm-hmm. You got six kids. We know what your activity is. Six. Yeah. Wow. Well, Nico, yeah. we want to shout out to Nico. Thanks for joining us. She, she's on mm-hmm. part of the home team. Who, who's Nico? Uh, that is my brother. Oh, okay, Nico. Yeah. Thanks for joining us and engaging. My, my, so my brother. Doing? Shout out to my brother. He's a, he's in Arizona. He's an investor, too. He, oh, nice. he, he worked, oh he I was just in day. Arizona. He, sh- I should have known he was there. I'd have told him, "Come help me with my." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's an investor. He runs a sm- he runs a business on his side, and also does a mortgage 
I guess, I don't know, it's more just consulting with Wells Fargo, but no. we're all on the same uh, wave. Yes, Wells Fargo is the bank. I, I've had Wells, how old is my daughter? 26? Oh, have mercy. 28. Yeah, I've had Wells Fargo since her birth. I mm -hmm. love Wells Fargo. I, I loved them when they was Wachovia. Mm -hmm. I love them when they, yeah, yeah. I do, I'm sorry, I have no, I do not like Bank of America. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> I feel like we need to interview your, your parents next because y'all are really sound and solid dudes. So no, certainly, certainly. My mom has a lot of wisdom. She would uh yeah. She's taught us so much um through experiences. She's actually a CPA too, a practice CPA. Yeah. Okay, so I know this is well, this Very is nice. part of wow, that is amazing. This is part of the investment in value. What mm -hmm. does your name mean? Um, oh, yeah. that Wow. Yeah. My full name is Omozokbia, or in, in the accent is Omozokbia. It means a child becomes a man. Wow. Very great man. Great man. Yeah. yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm working right. on it, becoming, it, becoming greater and greater. That's right. That's right. Okay. You're doing it. See? Amazing. And, and see, I was right. Yeah. It? Yeah, I was right. I don't know. Oh, tell yeah. them again that I'm always right. They need to listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> I, as long as you believe that, cuz. As long as you believe that. All right. Real quickly, guys, we're going to shout out to our sponsor. And then, Zoe, we want you to come back with your final word. Absolutely. We don't have a commercial, Nakia. But we do have Go Kiss That Social. VSP. Okay, VSP is the virtual service provider branch of our social media scheduling platform that we have. Um, it is where we are a virtual provider for um, businesses. We provide other virtual assistants. Um, we're an agency and we love to help out. Yes, very good. Thank you. All right, Zoe, final words, dear brother. Well, hey, everybody, my final words to you are this. I wrote it down, is not seeing value and clenching your money in fear will only hold your growth back. Companies spend money to make money, and if you're scared to invest in value, you're only limiting yourself. I'm going to have to write that down. So I can oh, my gosh. Let me tell you. I know we only have a Woo. few minutes left, but let me tell I you, my pastor... My pastor talks about that, about clenching your money in fear and not spending your money or acting like money is never going to be there. Yeah. Oh, that, that, oh, oh, yeah. See, so you are right on the line with my pastor. And that is a message for me personally. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Miss um, Overlease. You no raised problem. a wonderful son. He came in and confirmed some things to Sugar Mama over here. Yeah. Yeah, that's what his Chad fine self looking. All right. Yeah, okay. Look at All him. Right. Look at her. All the young boys. Lord have mercy. All right. Well, guys, I if can you will say please like. As long as I don't act. Okay. Please like, comment, and subscribe to Sultiful. Again, Zoe, we thank you so much. And I think we would love to have you come back at some point when you're ready. And oh, that's all. Have a wonderful day. Awesome. He yes. should come back in the first quarter. He should come back oh, the first good, quarter actually. to set us on a planning trend for. Oh, uh, yeah. Year. Yeah, that'd be wonderful. See what I'm talking about, Zoe? You see?
Bye, y'all. Yeah, exactly. Have a good one. <laughs> Bye-bye. Hi, and welcome to Soul Support.